<laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm sharing with you, once again, how to walk in the spirit, the reality of the spiritual realm. If you want to successfully walk in the spirit, you need to know the reality of the spiritual realm. If you want to successfully live out your Christian life, you need to know the reality of the spiritual realm. Amen. So there are two realms, the natural, or we call it the material, or we call it the temporal realm. The natural, the material, or the temporal realm that we are all very familiar with. And that most of our time that we live there and walk there. And there's another realm, which is a higher realm. It's the spiritual realm, the supernatural realm, the invisible or eternal realm. And the Bible gives us the revelation of this realm and how to live there, how to walk there, and how to manifest its presence. There are spiritual beings other than the triune God in the spiritual realm. There are angels and there are devils in the spiritual realm. Not ghosts, not the, the spirits of men that have already gone either to heaven or to hell. No, they don't live there and they are not allowed to function there. They have been either locked up or they have been um, received by angels into heaven. So in the spiritual realm, of course, there is God, and then you have angels and demons. And then in the natural realm, in the material realm, there are spiritual, uh, there are material beings, material beings with material bodies that can decompose, that can dematerialize. Of course, people, animals, vegetations, sea creatures. God and demons and angels are in the supernatural realm, which no natural eyes, nor ears, nor hands can handle. The realm of the spirit is powerful and is higher than the natural realm. The realm of God is full of light, glory, love, and liberty. Whereas the realm of demons, the demonic realm, is filled with darkness, uncleanness, lust, bondage, and violence. The high and deep godly realm is not accessible, not accessible to the five physical senses, nor the reason of men. The realm of God is only accessible to born-again believers. The realm of God is accessible only by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the revelation and the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to those who love God, those who reference Him. The natural and the spiritual realms are not separate but are very much interrelated, interrelated. Humans are the agents to bring to pass either God or the devil into your natural realm. You can bring God into your natural realm or you can bring demons into your natural realm. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. 
that means speaks very precisely, speaks very specially. That in the letter times, how many of you know that we're living in the letter times? Lift up your hands if you do. We're living in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to, height like this, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. High lies seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Because you cannot win over the devils until you know them. The Apostle Paul said that we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Ignorance will cause demons to bully you and deceive you and win over you. Now we understand that the assaults against the truth, against the word of God, they are called the doctrines of devils. In the 19th century, very noticeable doctrines of devils will be Darwinism, or you call it evolution, materialism, atheism, and also Freudian human psychologists or psychoanalysis. In 1859, Charles Darwin published The Origin of Species, found on a philosophy of atheism and materialism. Sigmund Freud founded psychoanalysis, supported the theory of the subconscious and also the theory of hypnotism. And he did his study with hypnotism as well. And all these changed a lot of the thoughts of the day and even the belief of men, even Christians and churches. Darwin started as a fervent Christian. Freud was Jewish. Yet they both denied the creator. They denied the creator and they denied the lordship of Jesus Christ. They denied the father and the son in their intellectual pursuit. The world highly acclaimed their achievements and continue to expand their studies even to today. Why? Because who is the God of the world? Answer me, church. Who is the God of the world? Satan himself. In our generation, in our generation, we are faced with relentless pursuit. We are faced with the relentless pursuit of science and technology, now termed AI. And that's why you can see that the world is turning to become less and less moral, more and more immoral. They are trying to cancel God in our culture. The world that we are living in now exalts scientific research, basing one's existence on physical and sense evidence, not spiritual revelation. In fact, they deny the spiritual and the eternal realm. Focusing only on the human, the material, the natural, and the earthly existence. I want to challenge you this morning. You need to examine your thoughts. You need to examine your attitudes. You need to examine your whole being. Are you still under that 
influence. Do you still think or believe that even though you are now a professed Christian, like an atheist, like a materialist, is the material, the emotional, intellectual realm more real to you, more sure to you than the spiritual realm? Are your priorities and your values based on atheism, materialism, and human psychology? Are your faith and values based on technology, based on human inventions, or based on the Word of God? The world has no problem embracing religion, which is only a form of godliness without power. But the world has problem with spiritual reality. When we walk in spiritual reality, demons flee. They'll try to come against you one way, but they have to flee before you seven ways. We need to understand that devils love to stay in hiding. They love to stay in darkness. And as soon as you expose them, as soon as the light shines on them, they flee. They run. Look with me at Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. Isaiah 60, verse 2. This will change your way of praying, and this will change your way of living. There are too many Christians always praying and begging God as if your problems come from him, as if he's delayed in giving you your answers, as if he doesn't really want to give you your answers to your prayers. No, the problems in our lives, they are to do with us and they are to do with the devil. They are to do with the world that we're living in. You have made yourself too passive. You have made yourself too passive. Christians are too passive. Christians are too passive. The violin has to take it by force. If you want God's blessings in your life, if you want God to manifest himself in your life, you need to be active, proactive, aggressive. Amen. Hallelujah. Aggressive against the devil. Amen. And proactive towards God to receive from him. Amen. But if you still, in your mind, in who you are, still believe the material, the technological, more than the spiritual, you won't be proactive towards God. Isaiah 60 verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and grows darkness the people. We need to understand that other than Christians, the rest of the world is covered by darkness. And even Christians, if you are passive, you can easily be influenced by the world and thereby covered by the darkness around you. There are too many Christians that are living in darkness and covered by darkness and with no victories in their lives. And then Romans chapter 13, verse 2, we don't have to go there. Ephesians 5, 11 talks about the works of darkness. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 talks about the hidden things of darkness. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 talks about the power of darkness. The Bible talks about that faith is the evidence of things hopeful, right? 
the substance of things not seen. And yet to many Christians, the evidence is the doctor's report. The evidence is the scan that we see, the x-ray that we have. We need to challenge ourselves. Are we truly believers? What do you believe? Whose report do you believe? Are you material or are you spiritual? There is a spiritual blindness that's happening in the world. And there are voices that speak to the hidden recesses of the mind, the imaginations of the heart. The people of our generations and the generations before, if they are not saved, if they don't have the light of the truth, are calling evil good and good evil. We need the truth to enlighten, to guide, and to direct us. Whether you are a Christian or not, you still need the light. You need the Bible. You need to hear sermons. And now we have everywhere people saying the sermons are too long. We only want one minute, two minute sermon. The word of God is too heavy. The word of God is boring. Where do you think those voices come from? Where do you think those voices come from? And the church becomes more and more lukewarm. More and more powerless, weaker and weaker, turning to people, turned into a social club and has no power, has no insight because the word is not taught because the devil is trying to shut up the mouth of the preachers. You need to rejoice the very fact that there are still preachers that will not compromise, that are still preaching the truth, tirelessly preaching the truth against the contradictions of sinners. If there are no churches, if there are no churches that preach the truth, if every church is preaching only a 30-minute sermon, 20-minute sermon, what do you think? What do you think the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will be? The Apostle Paul said that I cannot be a servant of God if I still please people. You need to pray for your pastors. You need to pray for your preachers. You need to pray for those who are studying the word, laboring in the word, to give them an exit, to give the word of God an exit from their innermost being into the material realm, into the natural realm, into the realm where things and events happen so that there will be manifestations of the truth, of the word. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Amen. We need the truth to enlighten us, to guide us and direct us, to sanctify us and to protect us from the perversity and the lukewarmness that's happening in the world. The church is not peripheral to the world. We must not let the world lead the church. The world is peripheral to the church. That's the only way you can get victory. Your body does not lead you. Your spirit does. That's how you get healing. Amen. We need to abort demolish and pull down all demonic doctrines with their persuasions and their deceptions. 
How? By speaking the word of God. Light comes from the word. Amen. And when the light is released, then darkness shatters and demons have nowhere to hide. We need to confess the lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's raise our hands and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my healer. You are my savior. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe now. So there is a blinding influence. Why is it so hard when I come home from work to study the Bible? Why is it so hard to come to church? There are so many things happening in my life stopping me from coming to church. I need to care for my family. I need to care for my grandkids. I need to care for my parents. Let me ask you, whom do you think is engineering all the situations and circumstances? But you are not passive. You are not passive to the attacks of the devil. You need to say, I mark my boundary. This is my God time. This is my God time. It doesn't matter. I'm working only four days a week. I'm making time for God. I'm doing this only five days a week. I'm making time for God. Who is the Lord of your life? Is it money or is it God? How much money do you want? How much money is enough? Why are you selling your time to money? Why are we selling our time to money? Why are we selling our life to the God of the devil? Mammon, the God of the world. Mammon. Can we say amen? Lift up your hands with me and say, I have authority over the time of my life. I'm above only, not beneath the head and not the tail. If you would take authority over your life, you would take authority over your physical health. Your soul follows your spirit and your body follows your soul. Get that in order. Go with me to Matthew 13, verse 13 to 15. Matthew 13, 13 to 15. I want to tell you that the Water Springs Faith Church is not a candy cane church. I don't preach to please you. I don't preach always sweet words. This is not a candy cane church. This church is committed to the truth. The church, the church speaks the truth. Matthew chapter 13, verse 13 to 15. Therefore speak I to them in parables. This is Jesus speaking. Because seeing, they see not. Hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, but not understand. And seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So healing has a lot to do with seeing and hearing and understanding 
As soon as you get into the truth, as soon as you get into that spiritual dimension, you would see your healing with your eyes. You would hear your healing with your ears. You would understand healing with your heart. And you would be converted and not be led by your soul, not be oppressed by your soul, and not be deceived by the world. And you would receive healing right away. But this is the word of God. The reason why the world did not get this is because they could not access the truth. And if you look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 16, thank God for verse 16. Look at verse 16. Jesus said, but blessed, verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Can we say amen? I want you to touch your eyes right now and say, my eyes can see. My ears can hear. Touch your ears. And touch your heart. My heart can perceive. Lift up your hands with me and say, I am spiritual. Not soulish. One more time. I am spiritual. Not soulish. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Why are we born again so that we can be out, get out of darkness and into the light? Colossians 1.13, this is about Jesus who have delivered. This is perfect tense. Perfect tense means it's perfect. Do you get this? Perfect. It's been done. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We live in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. We still vote. We still want what's good for the world, but I don't live in the world. We live in the governance of the Lord Jesus Christ. We live under the governance of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands and say, Jesus is my governor. One more time. Jesus is my governor. Amen. I want you to understand that there is positional truth and there is personalized truth. The word of God gives us positional truth. That's who you are after your salvation as a child of God. What's your position in the world? What's your position in the realm of the spirit? This is called positional truth. But positional truth will do you no good if you don't possess it. If you don't personalize it. If you let, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 to 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 to 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So that means it's nothing to do with the world, the situations, the people around you. For the weapons of our warfare are not with people. Are not carnal. Not material. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are built by demons when we allow them. We need to understand that God has given each and every one of us your free will. And devils can't do anything in your life until you believe them and you allow them and you work with them. And the same with God. God cannot do anything in our lives until we believe him. We allow him and we agree with him. So get rid of all those prayers that say, God is up to you. No, it's not up to God. If it's up to God, we won't be like this. 
Get rid of the demonic doctrine of sovereignty. Which reduces Christians to weaklings. Not praying warfare prayers, but always praying God is up to you. And I'm sure Jesus is sitting on his throne and saying, I've done so much for you. And you're saying that it's up to me. (laughs) For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And if you are a student, if you're studying uni, if you're studying in high school, your exam results are not up to God. How many of us know that? Our exam results are up to us. And if you're looking for a job, what kind of job you end up with is not up to God. It's up to you. Can we say amen? How many of you have had God given you your dream job right now? Amen. You can testify. Amen. Your life is not up to God. He's not the one victimizing you. He's not the one making you a parrot. Your life is up to you. Even whether you are born again or not, whether you are saved or not, it's up to you. How many of you here, you got born again because somebody forced you? Even if somebody forced you, you won't get born again. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for my free will. And I will use it for your glory. Say this one more time. Thank you, Lord. For my free will, and I will use it for your glory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's continue with verse 5. Casting down imaginations, because that's where the devils want to infiltrate and penetrate. And every high thing. It can be a beer, it can be a cigarette, it can be a TV program, it can be a a, a task that you need to finish. It can be anything, your job, somebody, you know, have idolized his or her job that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. It can be your university education that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. It can be your emotions and your feelings that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. If you know that there is unbelief in you, you need to lay hand on your forehead and say, unbelief, get out. Unbelief, get out in Jesus' name. If there are worries or anxieties in your heart, you need to lay hand on your head and say, worries, anxieties, leave me in Jesus' name. This prayer should be prayed by every Christian, if not every day, every other day. Preachers, save yourself. Christians, pray for yourself. It's time for us to take responsibility for our own thinking, for our own life. There's no point praying for somebody else if you yourself have got it wrong. It's no point preaching to anybody if you yourself have got it wrong. Can we say amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We cannot help others if we can't help ourselves. We need to pray for our mind, our thought patterns, the beliefs and emotions that we entertain that are contrary to the truth. The minute you start to panic, you need to pray for yourself. How do you pray that? Rebuke the spirit of fear 
Get out in the name of Jesus. And thank you, Lord, for your faith. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me the measure of faith. And I'm growing this measure of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And also pray for yourself that you can release healing into your own body. Stop asking people to pray for you. Take up the responsibility to pray for yourself and say, I release healing into my body. Come on, let's do it now. I release healing and health into my body. Lay hand on your head. I release a sound mind, good mental health into my mind in Jesus name. Continue. I release positive emotions, good emotions, holy emotions in my soul in Jesus name. Amen. Preachers, save yourselves. Christians, pray for yourselves. Thank you, Jesus. Preaching only victory and prosperity, but not preaching the way to get there is disastrous. I can't keep telling you prosperity and good health and not telling you how to get there. But you know why? The reason is, come on, keep your sermon short. Come on, keep your sermons short. Keep your sermons short. And you only want the good and the good and the good and the good. And nobody wants to know how to get there. We need to know the way to get there. How many of you, you don't just go and get the trophy. You need to be trained. You need to be trained. You need to exercise yourself. You need to go down that path. It's called the way to victory. Can we say amen? We have to preach the way to get victory and prosperity. The price that one has to pay to obtain the victory personally. Amen. We need to know the way to get the results. We need to know the process to obtain the victory. How many of you are studying in uni right now and you haven't got your degree yet? Lift up your hands. You're studying. You haven't got your degree. You're studying in high school. You haven't graduated yet. Lift up your hands. Come on. Yes. Your time is not wasted. Life is a process. Life is a process and it's time for us to value the process. Don't just want the results without knowing the process. We need to know the way to get there. And who is Jesus? He is the way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Why do I study my Bible? Why am I so passionate? Because the Bible is my roadmap to successful living. You can't go there if you don't know your way. Can we say amen? The Bible is the roadmap to successful living. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Yeezy quick fix prayers with no revelation, sacrifice, no commitment, no understanding will not work. A one minute prayer, two minutes prayer without a life backing it up will not work. 
We need to thank God for the preachers who are committed to preaching the truth and not to compromise. The world wants superficial, quick fix. The world wants a happy social Christian club. And the devil is the one behind that. Christianity is living a life of personalized, internalized, committed revelation. I can give you the positional truth, but you need to personalize it. You need to internalize it and you need to commit yourself to it. It may go against your thoughts. It may go against your will. It may go against you and you feel so sad and you feel so mad that you have to submit to your husband, but that's the word. You may feel so sad and so mad that you have to love your wife as Christ loves the church because she doesn't deserve it, but it's the word. And your prayers won't work if you don't have a committed life as your pulpit, your platform. The word of God is no lie. So being true to the word is the only way to get there. Being true to the word is not easy. It's not comfortable. It's not easy, nor comfortable, nor candy can Christianity. There will be battles sacrifices, scars, tears involved. We are called to fight the fight of faith. Not to sit the fight of faith, but to fight the fight of faith. Can we say amen? The Bible is full of battles from Genesis to Revelation. This is very important for us to know. Winners are fighters. Winners are fighters. Amen. Say it to yourself. I'm a fighter. So I'm a winner. One more time. I'm a fighter. So I'm a winner. David did not wait for Goliath to fight him. He ran to Goliath to slay his head. King Saul and the other Israelites, they were waiting Don't wait for your enemy to start the battle. You bomb them first. Bomb them with your prayer. Can we say amen? The battle was not King David's ruin. It was his promotion. David was distinguished and promoted because of the battle that he fought. Battles in the spirit will distinguish you in the spirit. Battles that you fight in the spirit will cause every demon to be scared of you. Battles that you fight in the spirit will cause your voice to be powerful and effective. How do we win our battles? Number one, identify your enemy. Number one, write it down. Identify your enemy. Your enemy is not your husband, not your wife, not your children, not your pastor, not not anybody. Right? Our enemies are not visible and they are not easily identifiable. And that's why we have been given the gift of the discerning of spirits. We're not fighting Charles Darwin, but it's the spirit that was driving him to publish evolution. Survival of the fittest. We're not fighting against Sigmund Freud, but it's the devil's 
that were driving him to publish psychoanalysis. So we need to understand that. Mark 16, verse 18. Mark 16, verse 18. They shall pick up serpents. They shall take up, pick up serpents. Understand that snakes camouflage. How many of you have seen a snake? Yes, I've seen big ones and small ones. Snakes camouflage, and you may not detect them with your physical eyes. And that's why we need the discerning of spirits. That's why God has made you spirits. And you are born again to have an active and powerful, alive spirit. So you can pick up and discern demons. You can cast them out. You can reject them. And you can refuse them. Can we say amen? The enemy camouflages as sicknesses, accidents, financial crisis, financial stress, relational stress, emotional breakdown, or alcohol, nicotine, drugs, celebrities, welfare, <laughs> welfare, government, give me money, 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 loan sharks, sheep, friends, attractions, thoughts, concerns, Cares and worries. What is the enemy after? What is the ulterior motive of our enemy? It's to reduce you to a victim. Sickness will reduce you to a victim. Alcohol, nicotine will reduce you to a victim. Relational stress will reduce you to a victim. Deaths will reduce you to a victim. And that's what devils are after. They want to terrorize you and to rule over you. That's what demons want. And they will use all sorts of things, all sorts of means to do that. The devil also uses people, relationships, circumstances, sicknesses, events to achieve their purpose. Devils, listen to me, can attach to your will, your thoughts, and your emotions. Devils can also attach to the physical parts of your body, including your nerves, including your organs, including your bones. The key is to identify and to expose. Once you have a word of knowledge, once you have a word of wisdom, and you expose the devils, they're gone, and the body will recover. Look at Esther chapter 7, verse 6. Esther chapter 7, verse 6. The whole book of, of Esther focuses and centers on this verse. Esther chapter 7, verse 6. The whole book centers on this verse. Esther said, the adversary... An enemy is this wicked Haman. Everything that she did to prepare herself, to prepare for the king to summon her to the court, everything that she did, she asked the people to fast and to pray for her. Everything that she did was because of this, to expose the devil. And once the devil is exposed, what happened? Haman was hung gotten rid of, and they got the victory. If you look at Job chapter 2, verse 7, Job chapter 2, verse 7, well, you said, well, isn't it because of uh, um, the sickness is contagious, that's why I get the sickness? Isn't it because of accident that I broke my bone? 
Well, look at the word of God. Job chapter 2 verse 7. Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smut Job. And with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. The devil is called the afflictor. He's the spirit of affliction. He can put pressure on your nerves, put pressure on your spine. He can put pressure on your head. He can cause pain and he can cause excessive pain. And he can destroy the body parts, damage the body parts. And the world uses laser or uses whatever chemicals or uses the surgical knife. But we all know that they come back because they are spirits. They are not material. So what's the revelation that Jesus has given us to defeat the devil? This is very, very powerful. Now go with me to Psalm 110 verse 1. Church, we are living, are we living in heaven? Not yet. Spiritually we are, physically no. We're still living in the world. And that's why we need to lay hold of heavenly weapons. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. So we need to lay hold of our spiritual blessings, our heavenly power, amen, to fight the fight of faith and manifest the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth in our life. We talk a lot about our life. You need to pay attention to your living. Jesus is my savior. Yes, but how do you live? It's time for us to check our living. Are we living a very passive life? Are we living just to be entertained? Are we living just, you know, to feel good? Are we living just for pleasure? It's time for us to check our living. Are we allowing money to be our God? Is money our God? Is mammon our God? We need to check our motive. We need to check our heart, the condition of our heart. What is more important to you, the church or your work? What is more important to you? I mean, sometimes I find it so sad I could hardly bear it. You know, people find that the work, the work, the work, the work, the work, the work, I have to work, I have to work, I have to work. What about church? Didn't Jesus say, you build my house, I'll build your house? But it's my house. It's my house. It's my house. And you're singing and you're praying, Jesus is my Lord. Hey, lift up our hands and say, Lord, I repent. Lord, I repent. I seek first the kingdom of God. And all these other things shall be added unto me. I change my mind. I change my direction. I go your way. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me and I will obey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Look at Psalm 110, verse 1 to 2. The Lord said unto my Lord. I mean, I've read this so many times and I found it so mind-bordering. You know, who is the Lord that said to my Lord until the Holy Spirit, you know, showed me. So the Lord, the word Lord is the word, Jeho- is the word Yahweh. The first Lord is the word 
Yahweh. In Hebrew, it's Yahweh. So Yahweh said unto my Lord. Now remember, this is David speaking. So Yahweh is speaking to my Lord. So who is my Lord? We'll look to that later. Sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemies. Where should they be? Your footstool. And where do we get that power? The Lord shall send the rod of your strength. Not God's strength. Your strength. According to your faith, it shall be given unto you. According to your strength, you shall win your battles. Okay? Send out of Zion, rue thou in the midst of your enemies. Not pray thou. Not you pray in the midst of your enemies. Rue you in the midst of your enemies. When COVID is trying to attack you, you rue. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. COVID, you are not allowed in this body. Flu, you are not allowed in my body. I rue my body. I rue my soul. The Holy Spirit is in my spirit to rule, to govern my life. And the devil doesn't stand a chance. Rue thou in the midst of your enemies. Do you know that the more you speak victory, the stronger your body will become? The more you speak victory, the stronger your mind, sharper and more and more alert your mind will become. You know, God is so good. He takes care of us. Do you know that I was such, I was a very, very stupid person. My mind was very slow until I started to pray. And the more I pray, the quicker my mind works. The more I pray, the quicker my memory works. Do you know that everything God tells us to do is actually very good for our physical health and very good for our mental well-being? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let's continue with Matthew chapter 22, verse 43. Jesus was discussing the scripture with the Pharisees. He said in Matthew 22, verse 43, this is so, so powerful. He saith unto them, this is Jesus saying to the Pharisees, how then did David in spirit, I want you to highlight this, in spirit, call him Lord. David lived before Jesus, right? Physically. He lived historically before the birth of Jesus. Yet David saw Jesus where? In the spirit. He saw the Messiah. He foresaw his Savior before him. That's why he said, I would never be moved. Remember, he made the mistake. He was led by the devil, cheated by the devil, provoked by the devil to come, remember, to do his senses. Right? And God sent him a prophet. What's his name? Is it Nathan? Yeah. Nathan, right? And gave him three proposals. The way to be punished, three, because every disobedience will receive a recompense, right? So what did he choose? He chose to fall into the hand of God. Why? Because he foresaw the Messiah. He foresaw mercy and grace through Jesus. So even before the birth of Jesus, David saw the Messiah, saw Jesus. 
Amen. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 25 to 28. Acts 2, 25 to 28. So it's very important for us Christians to always see Jesus. The price that he has paid for you. The price that he has paid for your victory. The price that he has paid for your redemption. The price that he has made pay for your miracles. The price he has paid for your health and your, your healing. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Acts 2, 25 to 28. For David spoke concerning him. I foresaw. He's a prophet. I foresaw. It's important for Christians to foresee our future. Lift up your hands with me and say, I foresee my future. I foresee a good future. A glorious future. For my life. For my families. I foresee I'm a prophet. I see with God's sight. I see with God's word. Why did David, why did David foresee the, the, the Savior, the Messiah? He, he read it in his Bible. He read it in the word. He read it. He read the account of Abraham. That God provided for a ram. For David speaks concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He is on my right hand. I should not be moved. He said, I should not be moved. And therefore my heart rejoiced. My tongue was glad with all these body parts. And moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope. No fear of sickness and disease. No fear. He said, I fear no evil, for God is with me. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. And then can I ask you to look at uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 34 to 36. Acts chapter 2, verse 34 to 36. Jesus was real to David. Now I want to uh, correct a little bit of the doctrines. I'm committed to teaching biblical doctrines. You know, too many times I'm talking about good Christians. I'm talking about good Christians. Even when we are reading the Bible, we're talking about Bible interpretation. Even when we are reading the Bible, we focus so much on what we can do. I'm a good Christian. My sacrifice. I worship you, God. I pray unto you. I, me, I, myself, what I can do. I humble myself. I, me, myself. No, when you read the Bible, you need to read what Jesus had done. What God has done. What God will do. What Jesus will do. Because in and of ourselves, what, what, you know, there's not much, much good that we can do. That kind of Bible interpretation comes out of self-consciousness. A lot of times, sin consciousness, guilt consciousness. The Holy Spirit will always highlight whom? You or Jesus? Come on, answer me, church. The Holy Spirit will always answer you or Jesus. Highlight you or Jesus in the Bible. Jesus. So Holy Ghost interpretation of the Bible will always hike like God and hike like Jesus. Amen. And you are to walk in it. You are to live in it. You are to speak it. You are to manifest it. Amen. 
So look at Acts chapter 2, verse 34 to 36. If you were to read Acts 1 and 2, you would be so amazed by the way that Peter preached. We're talking about Peter. He was able to correlate living with the Bible right away. He was able to quote this and quote that and quote this, quote that. Why? Because he was preaching by the Holy Spirit. So powerful. Amen. If you look at uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 34 to 36, for David is not descended, ascended, sorry, for David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord saith unto my Lord, Yahweh spoke to my Messiah, sit thou on my right hand. Where's Jesus? Seated on the right hand of the Father. Amen. Of God. Until I make your foes your footstool. This is what you need to highlight and jump and shout for joy. Make your foes your footstool. What did Jesus say? I've given you the power, the authority to tread on. Tread on. Tread on. Come on. Tread on. Serpents and scorpions. Tread on. Not to beg God. Tread on serpents and scorpions. Amen. I want you to look at verse 36. It's very, very powerful. Highlight it in your Bible. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, verily, verily, 100%, 200%, that God has made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Lord is the judge. Christ is the savior, the healer, the anointed one. So everything in our life, he will judge. All the devil's attacks, he will judge them. And we are connected. We are in Christ. We're connected to the anointing. We receive the anointing. We have the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands. Glory be to God. Say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. And continue to read this. Very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. Lord, dominion and authority. Christ, salvation. Amen. Grace and mercy. So the focus is on making your enemies your footstool. Amen. So if you're encountering a problem, if you're believing God for healing, what is the answer? Stay seated at the right hand of the Father. Keep confessing righteousness, holiness. Keep declaring that the prize had been made. Because understand that the devil cannot attack you until he can find something wrong with you. But the thing is that, uh, let me give you this um, this uh, scripture, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. Remember, Job, remember in the book of Job, Satan was going to God, right? And he's saying, look at your servant Job. You know, I could, if you would just withdraw your protection, I could hit him. Remember? So as a Christian, you are already protected, it is your divine right. It is your inheritance. But if the devil can get the covering off you from your unbelief, then he can legally attack you. Understand that in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, your yes has to be a yes and your no has to be a no. All right? 
Demons listen to you. Angels listen to you. The Holy Ghost listens to you. And it's not listen to your prayers. Because in your prayer time, you know what to say. It's listening to your daily confessions. How you live. How you act. How you live is the real you. In the realm of the spirit. Devils can see that. Angels can see that. So if they can talk you out of faith. If you don't have the word in you, if you're not fully persuaded by the word of God and you are swayed. And so look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. But this man referring to Jesus after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Jesus had already sacrificed his sin for your, sorry, had already sacrificed himself for your sin. No matter how many times you commit it. He had already sacrificed himself for your sin. It doesn't matter how, my, how many times you commit it. It is up to you to reap the consequences of your living. So one sacrifice for sins forever, forever set down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. So when you're going through a problem, when the enemy is attacking you, when the devil is attacking you, Jesus is expecting you to make your enemy your footstool. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We looked at, we looked at Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He's given you... The power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. We need to partner with God. Partner with God through heartfelt obedience to his word. Go with me to Exodus 23 verse 32. This is the key to defeating all your enemy. Exodus 23 verse 22. But if you shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. This is Exodus 23 verse 22. But if you shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. Wow. Read this with me. One, two, three. Then I will be an enemy unto your enemies and an adversary unto your adversaries. Wow. This is so glorious. Your enemy will be the Lord's enemy. Sickness and disease will be something that the Lord will attack on your behalf. Poverty is something that the Lord will attack on your behalf. Amen. Every problem in your life will be what the Lord will attack on your behalf. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Do you believe this? Is this really so good? Yes. Now look at Exodus 23, 23. Exodus 23, 23. For my angel, you know the Holy Spirit is called the angel of God. For my angel shall go before you, the Holy Spirit, and of course, all the other angels as well, and bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jubazites, all those demons that study you and attack you, all those devils that lay down traps and snares, talk to your mind, speak and stir up your negative emotions, 
stirred up problems in your family, caused you to attack one another, stirred up problems in your church. Well, God is saying that the Holy Spirit, the angels of God shall go before us. Why? Because we have to occupy the land. And read the last line with me. One, two, three. And I will cut them off. Glory be to God. Amen. God will cut them off. Glory be to God. Amen. Wow. You say, Pastor Dora, wow. It's God like that. I thought God is just a God of love. Okay, let me show it to you. Exodus 15, verse 3. Exodus 15, verse 3. And this is the problem. Too many Christians, they don't know God and only think God is nicey, nicey, nicey. He just love, 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 love. And it's like the love of the human kind. No. <laughs> Read this together with me. One, two, three. The Lord is a of war. The Lord is his name. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord, he is Lord. He's expanding his kingdom. He's advancing his kingdom, his rulership, his governance. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Look at Psalm 149. This is the way to pray. Look at Psalm 149, verse 6 to 9. Psalm 149, verse 6 to 9. I'm teaching you how to pray. Do you want how to pray? Church, we need to pray what we call warfare prayers, not begging prayers. Warfare prayers. You look around, we're living in the end times. Either you win or you lose. You know, in the Old Testament, if they lose a battle, what will happen to them? They'll get their heads chopped off. Sometimes they get their ears cut off. Sometimes they get their toes cut off. Battles. You don't want to lose your battles. Can we say Amen. Amen. Don't lose your battles. You need to fight your battles. Powerfully fight your battles. So prayer is a battlefield. Amen. Prayer is a battlefield. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Number one, that's how you pray. You pray, you start your prayer with praising God. Exalt him. Lift him up. Exalt him. You are my God. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my God. Amen. Hallelujah. You are the Lord of all the events in my calendar. You are the Lord of all the events in my life. You are the Lord of the works of my hands. You are the Lord of the walk of my feet. You are the Lord of my mind. You are the red. You are the Lord of my sleep. You are the Lord of my peace. Amen. High praises. That means exalting. Amen. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Number two. A two-edged sword in their hand. Use the word of God. It is written. It is written that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is written that Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain by his stripes. You foul devil, I am healed. Glory be to God. That's a punch. That's power in your prayer. To execute vengeance upon the heathen. Let me ask you a question. Can you pray for devils to get saved? No. There are people that have sold their souls to the devil. The Bible says, I don't ask that you pray for them. To execute vengeance upon the heathen. Somebody asked me, can I pray for Hitler? Well, look at history. To execute vengeance upon the heathen. Vengeance prayer. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, devil. 
You're not allowed to bring strife into my house. Get out in Jesus' name. Execute vengeance. Amen. Hallelujah. Upon the heathen. Punishments upon the people. Amen. Church, arise. Come on, lift up your hands with me. Arise. Arise. Amen. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. To bind the kings. Who is the king of the heathens? Satan. To bind the kings with chains, devils, and the nobles with fetters of iron. Demons that surround the heathen. Demons that force them and drive them and cheat them and deceive them to do what's wrong. To persecute Christians. To make... Um, the law in their favor. You need to pray against them. Amen. To bind the kings with chains and the nobles with the fetters of iron. Look at verse 9. To execute upon them the judgment written. I want you to hi- I want you to read this with me. The last part. One, two, three. This honor have all his things. So are we are we called to pray this? Are we called to pray this? Had Jesus canceled this prayer? No. No, he had fulfilled the prayer. Can we say amen? Amen. Amen. Let us finish with Isaiah 54, verse 17. Isaiah 54, verse 17. What I'm giving you now is in-depth understanding of the Bible. I'm helping you to relate different scriptures so you know the scarlet thread. Isaiah 54, verse 7. No weapon, there will be weapon, okay? But no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Weapons will be formed against you, maybe 20 degree, 30 degree, but you refuse to allow that weapon to prosper to 100%. As soon as you see the symptoms, you detect the symptoms, you fight them. Use your tongue. Use your authority and your dominion. Use your understanding of the word of God. And surely, with faith, fight them. You need to understand that devils can detect whether you have faith or not. So it's not how loud you pray, how long you pray. It's the faith that is in your prayer. Amen? No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you. Who is the tongue that will rise against you? Devils, the accuser, right? He's called the accuser. He's called the damner, right? So you need to judge it. Amen? Christians, we need to refuse to live in guilt and shame. Come out of that. Come out of guilt and shame. Jesus has justified you once and for all. The perfect price has been paid. We are justified once and for all. And neither should you use guilt and shame for somebody else. That's the devil. Don't work with the devil. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. How many servants of the Lord do we have here? Amen. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Listen to this and read this together with me. One, two, three. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Lift up your hands and thank him. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Glory be to God. Amen. I want to make an altar call this morning. If you know in your heart, and this is the desire of your heart, to rise up to be a kingdom warrior, 
to rise up to be a servant, to enforce his victory in your life. 